0: Welcome to Grey's I'm Veronica,
1: and I'm Courtney.
0: And today we're talking about season two, episode fourteen. Tell me, sweet little lies, and is that a song? Yes, but it's not like it's not like the actual song title. It's the line of the song called "Little Lies" by Fleetwood Mac. And I love me
1: some Fleetwood Mac.
0: And it's very 80s. And we were on, off camera, we are talking about our favorite decades. Yes. Courtney is very 70s. I Nippy. love it. All the yeah. weed, LSD. Oh, I feel like the last episode we talked about a lot of <laughs> drugs, too.
1: I mean, I love it, though. I mean, I don't know if I would love LSD if we're done LSD, but, like, <laughs> weed, yeah, <laughs> But, like, you know, the cult mindset, like, 100%. If I was in the 70s, I 100% would have got sucked into a cult. Like, I'm that dumb. Like, 100% I would have.
0: And I said, I think it would be the 60s. I love 60s fashion, 60s mod fashion, and 80s glitter disco era.
1: I do love that, too, for you.
0: Yeah, definitely 80s. I think maybe more 80s and 60s, to be quite honest with you.
1: I think that I could definitely see a more 80s and 60s.
0: Maybe for one year for one um Halloween I'll do like we should do it <gasps> through the decades. <gasps> that would be a perfect double date Halloween costume and then include our yes. dogs and we can just do like through the yes. decades. Yes. Even though yes. we're like approaching New Year's a new year 2022 <laughs> again. <laughs>
1: But by the time people are listening to this, it'll be well into 2022. <laughs> it'll be like, let's be real. Like, they were not
0: wrong. It's going to be a hell of a ride. Am I right? Yes. 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 All right. Give us the... Well, wait a minute. What are you drinking?
1: Um, I am having a White Claw, which tastes very much so like May of 2020. Spurs. I haven't... I haven't had a White Claw in... Probably over a year. I I haven't haven't had a White Claw. I normally buy Trulies, but my friend got me a case of White Claws for Christmas. So I'm definitely indulging in the White Claws.
0: What's the saying? There are no laws when you got White Claws? Exactly. Exactly. And it's what, Thursday? I'm just vibing over here. I don't know what the fuck, what day it is. I don't know. Thursday. Okay, thank you.
1: It's Thursday. You're... you're a teacher. It's that week between Christmas and New Year's, none of it counts. None of, none it of counts. it's tracked.
0: Tell me what I've done. Uh watched Seinfeld and related <gasps> oh. to Kramer and George more than ever.
1: <laughs> I love that. I've never watched Seinfeld, but I've heard amazing things. People people love it.
0: Okay, I mean, I'm not like, Jerry Seinfeld, I mean, he dated a 15-year-old or whatever, so I'm not, like, pro-Jerry, but, but like, the show... You have
1: is... to separate the art from the artist. Yes, So yes.
0: If you want a good, funny show that is easy to watch, that's your show. Do it.
1: Maybe I'll pick that up after I'm finished with my Modern Family rewatch.
0: It's, like, seven seasons. It's nine seasons, but I'm in the seventh season, and I just started last week.
1: Oh, my God. It's...
0: Because they're easy, short episodes. Right, like and they're short, minutes. right? They're...
1: Yeah. 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 All right, give us the description, please. All right, it says, Izzy and George insist Meredith get rid of Doc, which is their dog. Christina is blunt with a musician who injures his fingers.
0: Maybe a three out of ten. Yeah, I did love it. Uh, Yeah. And I think there's a common theme this episode. I think lying is going to be the theme for the episode.
1: Yes, I agree. So keep that in mind. Just a reminder that we do have an Instagram and a Twitter account. You can follow us on both at Pod. So wait, what are you drinking?
0: Um... I am drinking another Vizzy Watermelon Lemonade (gasps) that has, I don't know. um, And I added a pound, a shot and a half of tequila Don Julio, which is my favorite tequila.
1: I love that. And I did look for that whenever I went to the store the other day. And it is a lot cheaper here than you said it is there. Which is it there? Well, now I don't remember. That was a couple days ago. But whenever I was looking for wine... I was just like, well, and I just went up and down every liquor aisle because (laughs) why not? (laughs) And I was looking at all the different kinds of tequila and it's definitely one of the cheaper ones. It's
0: good. It's, and you have it cheaper because you're right there by the border. So it's definitely cheaper over there.
1: I need to finish. I think I have, I opened a bottle of Jose silver, so I need to like drink that and then I'll, I'll get the. Okay. When you get that, you let me know. We'll take shots. (gasps)
0: <gasps> okay. We'll do that for the next pod. Like, not the next recording, but like the next time we record. So it gives you enough time to drink, drink it all.
1: Oh my God. It's a big bottle. You better I'll fucking say. drink it fast. Oh my God. I'm stressed.
0: <laughs> that and you have to learn Spanish.
1: Oh my God. Yes. <laughs> yes.
0: Yes. Okay. Or I'll text you all day in Spanish.
1: <gasps> okay. That's coming up. All right. Do you want to give us the opening monologue? Yes. Opening monologue. As doctors,
0: we're trained to be skeptical because our patients lie to us all the time. The rule is every patient is a liar until proven honest. Lying is bad, or so we're told constantly from birth. Honesty is the best policy. The truth shall set you free. I chop down the cherry tree. Whatever. The fact is lying is a necessity. We lie to ourselves because the truth... The truth freaking hurts.
1: I have a problem with this. Yeah. I have a problem with this whole line opening monologue. Why? Uh, Because I'm not sure how they get off saying, oh, every patient is lying to us until they're proven to be telling the truth. Whenever (sighs) literally in season one, when Derek was helping that patient who was an addict said the complete opposite and I think that 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 statement that every patient that comes in is lying is very hurtful to a lot of people who have invisible illnesses who are not taken seriously so I have a problem with uh Meredith's little opening in this one and I remember how I like don't listen to the opening monologues when I'm watching it for some reason, this one I was like listening and I remember pausing it and being like, Excuse me.
0: I did read a tweet the other day that or earlier today that said, um, Don't disregard a self diagnosed patient. A self diagnosed patient is still a patient that has, like, it was talking about, like, you know, like it's still valid, like, they're they're even if they Googled it or they figured it out or whatever, what they think they have is still valid. And it may be yes. what you think they have. Like, that's, you know, we're helping the doctors, not
1: right. The and at that point, I don't think that a doctor should be making it his mission to prove them wrong, which is yeah. a lot of what people do. Like, when you come in, you present what you think you have. A lot of doctors will be like, oh, well, we'll figure it out. No, it needs to be okay, well, let's help roll out some other things before we come to that. Not automatically, no, you don't have that. like,
0: yeah, and and it's funny because Meredith down the line does do this for a patient where she does believe the mom um, in this particular case and I brought it up with a kid that has, oh, I forgot what it was um but she believes her and she's like okay let's roll out what do you have on a piece of paper like tell me what what are the things that you're using i remember that kawasaki i think kazawaki, kawasaki disease or something but she's like yes the opposite of her
1: monologue
0: let's just say we call it growth let's just call it that
1: okay yeah. all right i'll because she is an intern at this point like yes trying to you know make her way in the world but girl this is not a good look on you all right well hit us with the recap for this so meredith and christina are sitting in the gallery watching Derek operate meredith admits to christina that she's waiting for mcdreamy and christina admits that she's avoiding burke meredith asks why to which christina explains that he thinks she moved in with him Christina asks Meredith why she's waiting for Derek. And Meredith tells her that McDreamy is doing her a favor. And Christina is shocked that Meredith is calling Derek McDreamy again.
0: Oh, boy. I don't know. I did notice, though, that they're both wearing underneath their scrubs. They look like Christmas colors. Oh, I didn't. Red and green. I don't know if that was like to show compatibility or how like they're yin and yang get it i don't know i don't know if that was done on, on purpose or what but i noticed that and i'm like hmm, interesting okay
1: uh then it cuts and we see derek drawing meredith's blood to contribute to a full family history for ellis's alzheimer's trial so she gave in yep he weaseled his way on in there and here we are Although I do in some ways think that this is more so for Weber than it is Derek.
0: I don't know. I think it's selfishly done because he's a neurosurgeon. So what happens if, like, he helps Alice Gray and then somehow it helps inspire him to figure out and solve you know you know figure out a, a remedy or a solution for alzheimer's i feel like it's done in a selfish way i don't know i don't really uh, yeah him. you know what i could see that i don't really trust mcdreamy right now
1: i don't trust him ever so okay yep meredith and christina are talking when they hear loud banging on the hospital window george and izzy are standing there with doc which is the dog and george yells "Cujo has to go they bring Doc into the intern locker room, and Izzy is complaining that he peed on her bed.
0: Yeah, I just wanted to note that Izzy looks like shit again. Um, and she has a yellow underneath her scrubs, but she looks like shit. She has, like, these 90s bangs, and her skin looks awful, and I think yellow's not her color for sure.
1: I remember the bangs, now that you mentioned, yeah, that. Yeah, it's, the like, bangs. all the
0: way, like, they're, like selena vibes and it's weird not selena gomez for the white folks
1: stop i knew which selena you were going to talk about because i was just about to say we do not slander selena on this podcast <laughs> i mean i love selena but
0: anything for the selenas but like those bangs though like what is not yeah, it the 90s not
1: it's not <laughs> no i did not like them either no although i didn't really pick up that she looked like shit and I I still didn't pick up what color she was wearing under her skirt. I pick it up Crocker. because I
0: feel like that's when she's like sunshine and golden, like sunshine like, you know, I don't know. But there But like don't something. you think she would have been like that last episode though? Cuz she was cuz though like Jenny, had but she didn't have anything underneath like there was nothing that stood out. She just looked amazing. She really did. She really Fuck. did. But then this one it's like, "Oh, you're back to like it's like she went from the thriving 30s to like preview pre-pubescent like era
1: i guess in izzy's defense though we don't know what their day-to-day is like maybe her caseload was less during the denny episode last time maybe she wasn't under as much love. stress it's love Cause I feel like shit right now, and so I I look like shit. No, you don't. Then the, then there reality. are days that like I can like look good. So maybe she just had like a different situation going on.
0: No, you know? nothing explains the '90s bangs. I nothing. just, yeah, I agree. I don't like the '90s bangs. No, no, that's one trend we can live without. Please, Generation X or Gen X, please do not bring those fucking bangs
1: back. I every time I drink, I'm just like I'm gonna cut my bangs. <laughs>
0: Yeah, I thought about that earlier. Like, ooh, curtain bangs would look pretty nice. Ooh, yes. Oh,
1: you would look amazing with curtain
0: bangs. I did this like totally 90s like hairstyle
1: right now. You look so cute like that.
0: <laughs> yeah, no. Um, love- Gen X, listen to us. Do not bring the fucking 90s bangs. No,
1: that weird like curl oh, thing I that just, they
0: do. I just need the choker again to make an appearance.
1: We should have like themed days whenever okay, we're right. recording. I, I like, like him. Idea. Meredith's reasoning is he's our dog. George is mad because they got him without asking for his opinion and that either the dog moves out or he does. And he's shocked when Meredith hesitates to answer him. Bailey comes in and says, tell me that that is not a dog. And everyone says at the same time, that is not a dog. And I loved that scene where they all at the same time is just like, that is not a dog. But
0: like, love you, husband but it's if he were ever to say the dogs are mean i'm like
1: oh, oh absolutely
0: i would hesitate too it's like oh and now if you put
1: george in there that's an easy choice like i'm sorry the dog's going to say sorry george i did it before and i regret it um i did get rid of a dog for an ex because i had another twall and her name was star and she peed on him cuz she hated <laughs> his guts well and he was kind of just like it's me or the dog <laughs> and you know it's mom was just like oh it's me or your fiance and he was just like you mom and here we are anyways <laughs> <And> <laughs> hashtag <is> trauma <laughs> hashtag real
0: life brace. hey what did i tell you
1: <laughs> so bailey gets a page and we see her go out to the ambulance bay where a man named rick who is 29 is being rushed off an ambulance he severed three fingers on his left hand the rig that is coming behind them found the figure fingers and is icing them. Rick is panicking and asks if they can sew them back on because they sewed that guy's penis back on after his wife cut it off. And I was so excited because I knew immediately who he was talking about. He's referring to Lorena Bobbitt, who cut off her husband, John Wayne Bobbitt's penis in 1993, and they were able to reattach the penis and Lorena was acquitted there was alleged abuse taking place and she did it in a moment of temporary insanity. And I remember growing, you know, growing up in the nineties. Now I'll be late, 1993, I was only three at that time. But I remember Lorena Bobbitt, like it was a household name. Like anytime, like my dad pissed my mom off. Like it was like, it was a whole thing. Like, like Lorena Bobbitt. <laughs> it was just no, like a thing.
0: I did not know about her till later, later
1: really yeah his bag you know i could see you doing it though so that's why i'm like shocked (laughs) well because this this case does come up
0: in the way later seasons where the girl cuts off the penis of that guy and then they reattach it so i mean when we when we end up doing that hopefully we'll bring this case up because because it's true um but yeah i didn't know about it
1: yeah it's just like a thing and she actually like just recently did an interview i believe earlier this year she she spoke out for the first time and yeah wow she can botox in jail, does yeah, to jail probably though? does she look good i mean <laughs> she does she did look good um but yeah she was acquitted so she only spent like the, the 30 time days or period yeah yeah yeah, but yeah, she was acquitted because she did it in a temporary moment of insanity, heat of the moment, crime of passion type of thing. So okay, good
0: to know. That but that she exists. like took it
1: out of the house and like threw it. So mm-hmm. like, so the fact that like EMS were able to like locate it and stuff and and then reattach it like that's huge. I mean, call me a
0: psycho, but I probably would have given it to the dog. See,
1: no, I 100% could see that happening. You're an Aries, 100%. I could see that happening. And like, I didn't do any, I didn't Google um John Wayne. I don't know how he's doing, but I hope that it turned gangrenous and fell off if he was cheating on her. But that's just my opinion.
0: I honestly did not do any research to this because it's, it's just kind of a lame case
1: with the fingers. perfect. Yeah, I only included it because it was part of the Netflix description. But then at the end of the episode, I was just like, huh. that was it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, not not impressed by Rick. Rick explains that he was loading his gear onto the truck for a gig and his fingers got caught in the lift gate. Derek is looking over Rick's hand and says that the cuts are clean, that they are a clean sever, so it could make attachment easier. But if it is successful, it's going to be a long recovery with lots of physical therapy. He then asks Rick if he smokes and he explains that smoking constricts the blood vessels and that he's seen really good grafts fail over a few cigarettes. Christina joins them with the severed fingers and points out the nicotine stains on the fingers.
0: <sighs> Christina's demeanor during this whole thing is she's very bitter. I mean, she's always bitter, but she's a little bit more.
1: Than... She has that air of like holier than thou. Like, yeah. I am better. I am superior. I didn't like her these three episodes, 13, 14, and 15. I did not care for her.
0: Yeah, no, I didn't care for her either. Although oh. there were moments where I did like her, I will say.
1: I don't know that I had a moment. Okay, well, come back to that. <laughs> Bailey, Alex, and Izzy are walking through the hospital when Weber pulls Alex aside and gives him the envelope with his board exam results. Izzy asks if he's going to open it, and he says that he will, but he makes no attempt to. Alex is presenting their patient, Yumi, who is 22 and has persistent hiccups. Izzy explains that the medication worked first but they came back so now she's a surgical consult bailey asks yumi when the hiccups started but a man in the room answers for her and says that they started a few days ago he lets them know that she doesn't speak english and that he is her coach yumi is a competitive eater alex recognizes her now and says that yumi is like a rock star in japan bailey tells alex and izzy to schedule an esophagram an esophagram is an x-ray test that takes pictures of your esophagus her coach steps uh, her coach stops them and says that she is competing that afternoon and asks them to give her a stronger dose of the medication. Bailey says no and leaves the room in visible discomfort and the camera pans to her stomach. She then asks them to page Addison. She's very pregnant she is. <clears throat> very pregnant. she is So this episode took
0: me a little bit longer to research because I like dove deep into competitive eating. <laughs> More than I'd like to admit. I love it. Um, So there is a league called the Major League Eater, MLE, <laughs> that dates the start of competitive um, eating to 1916 with Nathan's Famous Hot Dogs Shh. of Coney uh, Island. I love Nathan's hot dogs. And it was the first 4th of July wiener feed. Um, And it's sad to... <laughs> Sorry. Um, The inaugural Nathan's Contest is said to have been a bet-settling deal to determine which of the four immigrants was the most patriotic. Legend has it that an Irishman named Jim Mullins coughed 13 dogs and buns and won. No pun intended. (laughs) Um, So that's the history of that. But I was trying to find, like can hiccups be caused by like competitive eating? And I kept looking at like how eating fast can cause the hiccups, but not necessarily competitive eating. I didn't see a specific case about um, competitive eating causing hiccups, but that makes sense. So apparently, all right, so this is more about competitive eating and this is like the research I did. Um, So there are 70 contests every year Uh, For the MLE, again, the Major League Eating Contest. Um, Water is the competitive eater's most important training tool. Um, And they essentially what they do with water is they, like, use it to expand their stomach. So, like, they'll drink, like, a gallon or two. Um, I mean, I'm telling you, like, I did a little bit too much. Um, So, No,
1: I'm interested. I know nothing about this. 1916, like, that seems so, like late like i thought this was some shit that like somebody in the 70s thought up like (laughs) not like 1916 that's that's wild
0: yeah and so well apparently the way they condition so they have to work their way up to drink a gallon in a month and a gallon for like weighs eight pounds so like that's how much they have to fill their stomachs with and this particular competitor says that he steams um, six to eight pounds of broccoli and cauliflower and adds a pound, couple pounds of sauerkraut, which we were talking about this, and eats in about 20 minutes to kind of like wash down and kind of practice competitive eating. Um, they also, what they do is they work out their jaw muscles because this famous competitive eater, and I'll mention it in a second, he like have like arthritis in his jaw. Like that was like the injury and he couldn't compete anymore because he couldn't open his actual jaw i'm stunned girl tell me like i went deep and then i was like oh shit i didn't like fucking write it down and where did i find it (laughs) like i spent like 15 minutes on this um breathing is huge so a lot of like well yeah actually practice to swim and like how to breathe oh yeah that's actually a good idea yeah, um, because it kind of helps you practice how to breathe and, and the rhythm of breathing. They have to. They usually watch themselves to kind of figure out like how to maneuver the food.
1: How awkward to like eat in front of a mirror. Oh, I don't like. Oh it. no,
0: record like you and like I right now. They also get help from hypnotherapists and biofeedback specialists because a lot of the times there's a mental block that prevents them from being the best they could be oh um God. and a hypnotherapist puts a lot of positive things in their head to help them figure it out oh yeah it's like, it's like intense and to be honest the best competitive eaters are in shape um the top eaters like the top 15 or 20 percent, are all in shape with very rare ex- exceptions the fittest eaters have the low body fat percentage and work out a lot which you wouldn't think so, right? Because, I mean, you're eating competitively. Like, why would you? Right. And they do specialize. They count foods, weigh foods, technique, and capacity. Like, if it's hot dogs or a bun. Like, you know, they kind of figure that out. Um, or if it's chili or whatever. And then they obviously have to wear comfortable clothes. And they do eat on competition days, even though you probably think they probably fast. Like, how we would fast on Thanksgiving. They don't. They just eat. And they never sit down. And li- liquids are lubricants, not thir- thirst question- quenchers, which we see in this episode throughout. Whenever yeah. 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 So they, depending on the food, competitors will have different liquid options like milk, um, sugar-free wat- flavor wat- uh, drinks, water for salty foods, coffee or tea, and um, alcohol is not permitted. So we would not be allowed there. No. And there's no con- condiments and no such thing as pacing yourself there's like a whole fucking list of things and injuries that are caused by competitive eating like i told you arthritis gastrointestinal injuries um esophagus and like issues um and it's awful i it sounds very fucking intense i didn't expect it to be that intense
1: i really didn't either i thought that you just like went and ate and like had fun Like I didn't know that it was like a whole fucking thing. It's a fucking league. That's crazy to me.
0: Major league. That's wild. (laughs) So I feel
1: like I couldn't do that. I'm a very slow eater. I could do it. You're an Aries. You think you can do anything? (laughs) (laughs)
0: True. There you go. That's all
1: the research I have. That's awesome. I I love that because I would have never known. Yeah. So,
0: Uh, I think I have a little bit more about like um, how hiccups how hiccups uh develop um so eating too quickly swallowing air along with foods eating too much fatty or spicy foods in particular drinking too much uh carbonated beverages or alcohol can also descend the stomach and cause irritation in the diaphragm which causes hiccups but i couldn't find the correlation like like a case that said so and so had hiccups after eating 30 fucking hot dogs
1: right but I can just like imagine Randy gets very ragey when he gets the hiccups. Like I'm talking like he gets mad when he gets the hiccups because it makes him nauseous. So he gets mad when he gets the hiccups. And it's usually because we're just like laying in bed, like watching TikToks and like something funny comes on and he loses it. He's like laughing and then he gets the hiccups and then he gets so angry. It's hilarious. I, I think it's great.
0: I hate having hiccups too, but I don't know. I don't think I've gotten them in a while, Not gone wood. Yeah, it's been a while
1: since I got them too. But like with all these white claws now, I'll get them today because, you know, super carbonated, bubbly.
0: <laughs> there you go. There's some truth to the science.
1: So Addison performs an ultrasound on Bailey. The baby's heartbeat is strong. And so she believes that um, Bailey is experiencing Braxton Hicks. Addison tells Bailey that false labor is sometimes the body's way of telling you to slow down. Izzy comes in and lets her know that the lab has a few questions about Yumi's esophagram, and Addison stops Izzy and tells her to keep an eye on Bailey.
0: I heard Braxton Hicks' false labor. Is pretty beautiful. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Burke and Meredith are dealing with a patient who seems a bit too happy. She just got married and is clearly overly obsessed with her husband. Meredith confronts Burke about it in the hallway and she tells him that she's high. And Burke says, no, she's in love. She's happy. Meredith tells him that nobody is that happy. She's on drugs. And we can hear Doc barking down the hall. And Burke asks if that's a dog. And (sighs) Meredith says, no.
0: Okay, first of all, how are we responsible that they don't have a place for the dog and, like, to have a dog and be an intern where you work, like, over 100 hours a week? Like, I, I'm i all for having pets, but, like, come on, dude. That
1: right. dog does not like,
0: deserve that kind of life. Right? Even
1: back then, like, doggy daycares and stuff were probably a thing, like, boarding. Yeah. And things like
0: that. Like, like
1: what are you yeah. doing? Derek pulls Christina aside to tell her that she needs to be more compassionate with Rick. He says, yeah, compassion. Have you ever heard of it? And she responds with, have you? She's barely back on her feet and you've got her calling you McDreamy again.
0: Yeah. And I was like, holy shit, holy shit, holy shit. Oh, this girl went ham.
1: Like, yep.
0: Like, if that was my friend, I probably would be a Christina. Like, Christina gives me a lot of Aries vibes, but she also gives me a lot of, like, Taurus vibes. I don't know. She's interesting.
1: I'm getting more like Scorpio where she's like that hard ass like kind of but behind the scenes, behind the facade that she puts on, I think that she's a very deep and emotional person, but she puts on this front of yeah. like just I don't know.
0: It's funny because I've read um on one of the Grey's Anatomy like groups that the actual actor Sandra O oh is an actual <laughs> very huggy person. Like she likes hugs. Whereas we obviously feel and see Christina Yang not being a fan of hugs at all. Especially
1: in the next episode.
0: Yeah. So I thought that was interesting. Yeah. Just fun facts.
1: Alex, George, and Christina are at lunch with plates full of top dogs. Izzy sits down with them. Alex asks if they are going to do this or what. Christina says, yeah, let's go, and starts putting her hair up. Meredith walks up with Doc, just as they are brainstorming what to write on a flyer that is clearly meant for rehoming Doc. Izzy starts the timer, and George, Alex, and Christina start shoving hot dogs in their mouths. Christina finishes first, and the other two start accusing her of cheating. And this is where it's, like, um, put in there uh, with the whole water thing, because Christina dumps her water out onto her hot dog buns. On her plate. That's a trick.
0: Yeah. Which I thought when I saw when I did the research, I obviously did it before I saw the scene, and I was like, oh my gosh, he did exactly what one of the like train, you know, like they use it as a, a resource, not like really to wash it down. It's more like right, right. It was so cool to see how each of them kind of, embrace an aspect of the training, because you yeah. see like, um, Alex wasn't Alex the one that did all the wieners? No. No, it was Christina that did the wieners and then soaked the bread, and then one of them did the both. It was just interesting to see them, and I'm just like, I wonder how many hot dogs I could eat. That's exactly what went through my head. We should do it. I think we would barf like Christina did.
1: Probably. (laughs) Probably. (laughs) Bailey, Izzy, and Alex are showing Yumi's coach her scans. They point out that she has a tear in the lining of her esophagus, and that is what is causing the hiccups. Bailey says that it can be fixed with surgery. The coach tries to tell Bailey that Yumi's schedule is clear after the competition, but Bailey says, no, the surgery must be done now. And she recommends Yumi giving up competitive eating. Her coach asks them for some privacy and they leave the room. Mm, trouble in paradise. Um. So
0: like I had mentioned before, some injuries that include esophagus, gastric issues, the expanding of the stomach that causes issues with regular digestion, psycholo- psychological disorder, of and having a bad relationship with food, and jaw arthritis. According to the New York Post, apparently eating contests are way more dangerous than you think. Um, so here are the injuries and people that have actually died. So, oh my God! there are five instances where people from around the world have died from competitive eating. A 20-year-old man was eating his last rice ball in a Japanese speed eating contest when he rushed to the hospital, and he died. A 45-year-old um, Jayadi, Indonesian man, was participating in a chicken eating contest hosted by KFC, and he <laughs> choked.
1: That's horrible. I laughed because KFC, <clears throat> like,
0: yeah. And it was all to win an equivalent of five billion rupiah, which is an equivalent to $385,000. Oh, shit. mm -hmm. Uh, Liana, L-Y-A-N-A, Korolev, 53, beat 10 other contestants when she downed 100 dumplings in less than 20 minutes, but she ended up suffering a fatal heart attack. I'm, like, enjoying this. Not, like, I'm not enjoying them dying, but, like, I really right. didn't think this was, like, that intense.
1: Right. I thought you would just, like, throw up or, you know, like, you just simply couldn't eat anymore. Like, you would just throw up. No.
0: Paramedics were called to perform a CPR when Walter Eagle Tail 45, began suffocating on the Frankfurter. Mm. Um, it got lodged in his throat and they couldn't get it out. He actually died shortly after. That was the hot dog eating competition in South Dakota on the 4th of July a Florida man entered the Midnight Madness bug eating competition in hopes of winning a python when he fell violently (sighs) ill and died
1: I did not have any idea of what was going to come next in that story I mean he also did like chow down cockroaches so
0: I mean like what did you expect was going to happen Um, but yeah those are the top 5 Oh my God! Oh, I forgot the one person. Um, the 20-year-old student Caitlin Nelson choked to death, speed eating pancakes for charity. Okay, well that's especially sad because she was doing it for charity. Okay. Yeah, but and of course the the one that we did with KFC was not so finger licking good. Oh God! I don't want to laugh. Thank you, New York Post, for making it so um entertaining in a weird, odd, dark way. Yeah. There
1: you go. Alex goes back to check on Yumi and she and her coach are both gone Meredith and Christina are watching a surgery Meredith asks Christina for the truth did she move in with Burke or not Christina admits that she told Burke she moved in with him but she is still keeping her apartment Meredith tells her that she needs to tell Burke and Christina says that she doesn't mm. hmm hmm Yeah, all about the uh, lies and uh, deception. I'm telling you,
0: lying is the biggest thing. Mm
1: -hmm. Izzy finds Bailey laying down in an on-call room. She lets her know that Yumi is on her way back to the hospital. She collapsed and is vomiting blood at the eating competition, and her coach snuck her out of the hospital to go. Izzy and Bailey join Alex in Yumi's room and prepare to take her to the OR to perform the esophage. Esophagomyotomy. i think yes that sounds great <laughs> bailey starts a moaning during the surgery and has to step back izzy says that she believes that this is preterm labor and weber is called in to finish the surgery
0: i just want to say there's a lot of lying coach lied to his athlete um took out or took her obviously to compete and lied to the hospital staff the hospital staff seems to be having some kind of shortage, which comes up later. Bailey is not being truthful about her condition. That puts at risk Yumi, essentially.
1: Rick is- said that he doesn't smoke. and Lies. He said yep. that was his
0: last smoke. Lies. Will not yep. smoke. Mm, questionable. Yeah. McDreamy is not being McDreamy. Lies. Aww. Wait, wait, what? Christina moved in with Bert. Uh, oh, yeah. Guys. Guys. <laughs> yes. okay. Continue. Sorry. I don't... <laughs> that was a big one.
1: <laughs> Yumi made it out of surgery okay. Her coach comes by her room to see her and Alex is not happy. He tells the coach that he needs to go in there and apologize to her. Apologize to her and tell her that her career is over because of him. Once Alex and Izzy leave the room, Alex hands his exam results letter to Izzy and asks her to open it. She does and offers him congratulations because he passed. Yay, I believed in him. He's like the only one that's being honest. Right. Uh, Rick is out of surgery. Christina is checking on him and he is recovering well. Addison is walking Bailey to the elevators and she tells her that she needs to be on bed rest at home until the baby comes. Hmm
0: probably the scene between christina and meredith has been the most honest where they reveal like oh i didn't really move in with him and meredith's like i am calling him mcdreamy at least because i like him i don't know about right. him i think that's probably the most honest scene and then when um as bailey is leaving i love fucking bailey she like stops the elevator and she's like just because I'm gone doesn't mean I can't see, I can't hear, I will know it all. I just love that, because they're all like, here's a gift. Of course, Izzy, you know, gives her the gift. I really wanted to know what it was. Do you know what it was? Yeah. No, I don't know what it is. Probably a picture frame. And then... (laughs) And then it's like, oh, uh, she's just... Maybe Bailey is Aries. Oh, maybe. She has more, like... Yeah, cause I I think Christina, you're right. Scorpio or Taurus for sure vibes, but like Bailey's like just fire. Yeah, I don't really see anything else in her. Yeah. Yet.
1: Oh. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. For- <laughs> george goes into the intern locker room where he finds doc and meredith he tells her that he knows that she misses Derek and that her life has been pretty unpleasant these days but she doesn't get to choose a dog over him so he is not moving out
0: again standing up for himself
1: yeah i am very proud of george these these episodes he has definitely found his backbone
0: and his, essentially, his voice in certain socialist situations in which he wouldn't know how to react or what to do. I mean, it takes him a little bit in this episode, but he still finds his voice, like you said, his backbone.
1: Yeah. We see Meredith, Izzy, and George pull up to Derek's trailer with Doc and all of his supplies. Derek and Addison come out of the trailer. Derek greets Doc and tells him, welcome home. Addison takes Doc into the trailer. George and Izzy go back to the car, leaving Meredith and Derek alone together. Meredith starts telling Derek about Doc, how he chews everything, hates cats and small yappy dogs, and he's not housebroken. Derek looks surprised and says, oh. And I can't describe this scene really because it's honestly just Derek and Meredith looking at each other so like I don't know
0: I feel like they're not being honest with what this situation is it's not just giving her dog to him it's sharing a dog which means a lot more than what they both want to admit
1: yeah I I agree with that yes but that's the end of the episode. Do you want to tell us the closing monologue? It's a short one. It's a really short one because it happens in this
0: particular scene. Yes. Um, no matter how hard we try to ignore it or deny it, eventually the lies fall, fall away, whether we like it or not, but here's the truth about the truth. It hurts, so we lie. I mean, it's true. <laughs> <laughs> so. It's true. So because the truth hurts, you lie. I mean, that's honestly, she could do away with the rest of it and just call it that and it'd be great. Perfect. True. But we do have some honorable mentions. I mean, you did mention Rick, so I'm not going to mention him um, in detail. But we have Sophie Larson, who that was George O'Malley's um, intern or that was his patient. And she was basically there after her hip replacement and didn't want to go into residential care. Um, and she was singing a lot and called George the Irishman. And I think he oh, was. yes. She was the one that encouraged him to, you know, like stand up for himself. And like yeah. he was worth, worth more than the dog. Um, yes. But they try to find ways to keep her in the hospital. And eventually she does end up
1: going to the nursing home.
0: Yep. Again, not really important, but, you know. No cheers for George for standing up for himself.
1: I am very proud
0: of George. Yeah. So, meh. Meh. I still like my favorite uh, episode, or my favorite scene is this one with Bailey in the elevator. In the elevator, like, watching all That's what I tell my kids. That's how I, that's my face when I tell them I'm going to be absent. Be good. Dot, dot, dot on the board.
1: <laughs> I love it.
0: Yep. And I'll be like, and I tell him, I send him a note and be like, remember what I said, be good. I was always a heathen for substitute teachers. I mean, really, to be quite honest, I don't really care. Like, be heathen, don't be heathen. Like,
1: at the end of the day, I'm still not there to deal with you. It's fine. Me and my friend, um, we looked a lot of alike. Her hair was about a shade or two darker than mine, but other than that, we looked... So alike that we would tell the substitutes that we were twins and we would completely play it up. We would completely play it up and tell them that one of us lived with the mom and the other one lived with the dad. And that's why our last names were different. It was a whole thing. It was a whole thing. Oh my God. I love yeah. that. Yeah. Kids aren't we were heathens. <laughs> well, this was like elementary school. Like this Holy was. Holy shit. Yes. This was elementary school. That we would do this.
0: Wow. You guys were bad. But yeah, so that any final thoughts?
1: Um, I didn't really care for this episode. I didn't really care about anything that was happening in it. I just I don't care.
0: (laughs) (laughs) It's kind of boring, like there was really nothing to research aside from competitive eating, which maybe perhaps that's why I kind of dived in and and like (laughs) did some dig research on it and like Right, right. But other than that, I mean, amputees... I mean, like, you know, like, losing three fingers. Eh, like...
1: Because I mean, he had them reattached, so... I mean, who cares?
0: Yeah, it's nothing really impressive. Penis, right. maybe, but... Right. But it, it's all leading to something better. And I know 15, 16, and then from this point on, I think that it gets even 16
1: is the big episode.
0: Then 17, I think, is... 17 or 18 is one of the boys come into play. So I'm excited about that. But yeah, there there has been good cases and good episodes for season two, for sure, though.
1: Yeah, there has been. Absolutely. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. but I'm excited. I I, I want to see what, what you think, which one is your favorite season, especially reviewing them for the second, third time. All right, that's it, folks. So make sure to follow us on social media. Um, And, uh, you know, might be a little lame during the holidays but by the time you listen to this we should be up and running again so make sure to follow us on instagram twitter and facebook and be sure to listen to us every two weeks and we have we hope that it's been a good year so far by the time you listen to this
1: bye guys